Welcome in to another episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vesugian here with you. Hope you guys are all having a good week. It's been a crazy week and a half, a crazy month for me. A very busy month, but nonetheless, we are here. Uh, I've got to say, we are actually, we've got a bit of a busy uh, week here on the podcast. As a matter of fact, more could say a busy 24 hours. So here's what's going on. Uh, by the time most of you, I'm recording this Wednesday night. Uh, by the time most of you guys listen to this, it'll probably be Thursday. Uh, hopefully you guys are listening to this on time because, uh, we're going to have this podcast and I got to keep it short because we're going to do another podcast Thursday evening. So, and by the way, 6 PM central central time, we will stream the podcast live on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash which by the way, you guys are killing it on the page. Uh, we're getting on average more than 60 followers per day. Uh, obviously, you know, within a 48 hour span, that's more than a hundred followers and it's just adding up. It's, it's insane. Uh, and, and we have summer is like the most boring time of the year, but yet somehow we're still building up the page. Uh, that's cause of you guys. So I appreciate you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys are killing it. I appreciate you guys doing so. Obviously it's only going to get better during the season. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, but by, by the way, I mentioned you guys, what more you guys wanted to see. And I said on the Facebook page, more live content, you guys are going to get it. Not this kind of live con- content that I'm uh, about to announce, but uh, back to what I was saying earlier, uh, yeah, I'll address the uh, upcoming season and some of the content you guys can expect on the page. Uh, we're going to have Nehemiah Clark on the podcast on Thursday evening at 6 o'clock Central Time. It'll be live on my Facebook page if you miss it. We'll obviously have the podcast version shortly afterwards. Uh, for those who don't know who Nehemiah is, Nehemiah lives in Kansas City, uh, not from Kansas City originally. He was on MTV's The Real World Austin and has done a few seasons of MTV's The Challenge. Uh, Obviously, if you guys have been listening uh, earlier this year, you'll know that earlier, back in January, we had Wes Bergman from MTV's The Real World Austin. Uh, Nehemiah and Wes are really tight. They're really good friends. Uh, Nehemiah uh, reached out to him and uh, we're going to met, met him actually a couple of weeks ago but I never mentioned anything about a podcast to him at the time so this is all just kind of a coincidence uh, but reached out to him uh, we're going to do a podcast when uh, excuse me Thursday 6 o'clock central time live on the Facebook page so if you're a fan of MTV's The Challenge The Real World or if you're a big fan of Nehemiah or if you just, you just want to support anyone uh, from the town that's out there doing big things uh, publicly. Uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vesugian, And make sure you guys are following the page. And we'll, we will do the live stream 6 o'clock Central Time. Uh, give it a couple minutes. If we're not live right away, right at the top of the hour, it might take a couple of minutes. I may be talking to him, just kind of briefing him on the subjects we're going to go over. So uh, should should not be more than a couple of minutes. But... I uh, just wanted to get that out there. And because of that, we got to keep this podcast fairly short. I do have the topics I want to discuss. Uh, Kyler Murray hit the bank. A lot of people talking about this one and a lot of chatter about Patrick Mahomes' deal, how that compares now. I didn't want to revisit the Whit Merrifield topic because I feel like people need to chill out just a little bit. A big week for the UFC 
UFC 277 this week, and they have announced a lot of big fights coming up for UFC 280. That is a stacked card. That'll take place in Abu Dhabi, so I'm very excited for that. Also, we talked about recently some guys who get it. I'll tell you another athlete slash celebrity who gets it on the podcast. Uh, But let's start with Kyler Murray. Five years, $230.5 million, and has yet to win a playoff game. He's 0-1 in the playoffs. So, okay, let me just say this. Because Derek Carr, and I'm going to revisit Derek Carr's contract in just a moment. This is someone who got not one but two massive contract extensions with the Raiders and has accomplished absolutely nothing in the month of January. Kyler Murray has yet to win a playoff game. He's only been in the NFL for a short period of time, and he just hit the bank. He's now the second-highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to be the highest-paid left tackle, yet... He didn't even play like the best left ta- best offensive tackle. As a matter of fact, uh, the uh, executives, coaches, and players, they've recently been polled on the best quarterback, running back, tight ends, and so on. And when they voted on the best offensive tackle, Orlando Brown Jr. was not even in the top 10. He was actually an honorable mention, which I even think that might be a little high. So there aren't a lot of... Here's here's my point. What's the criteria to earning a big deal? Because I really don't know if you really need to do much to earn something like that nowadays. Uh, look at Patrick Mahomes. That guy earned his deal, okay? A lot of people talking about, oh, they overpaid him. Well, then, if the name of the game is to win, why the fuck does it matter? If they're, I mean, first off, they're not overpaying him. People who just look at the contract, the numbers, oh, the first thing they see, overpaid. Well, if you look at how he's getting paid through the next 12 years of that contract, you'll realize he's not actually being overpaid. And another criticism is, oh, he's a choke artist. Um, He chokes in big games. And I guess an anonymous defensive coach mentioned the style of pretty much criticized his style of play, calling it street ball. Listen, if street ball and a guy choking in big games, I mean, let's talk about this for a moment. Ever since the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, this obviously includes the year that he didn't play except for the final game of the regular season. Ever since the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have won more games than anyone in the NFL, both regular and postseason. So if that's choking to you, I don't know what's right from wrong. Also, in all four years that Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback, he has led the Chiefs at the very least to an AFC championship game. The two times uh, they won, they obviously advanced to the Super Bowl and won one of those. 
The other two times where they lost in the AFC Championship game, they at least made it to overtime. Now, I know the most recent one, probably the the toughest one of them all, but the guy in his four years as a starter has made it to the final four each time. If that's choking, I don't really know what the definition of choking is. If Patrick Mahomes is a supposed choke artist and is overpaid, which I know I'm getting off topic here, but I'll get back to my main point about Kyler Murray's contract in a second, but what does that say about the rest of the NFL? Like if Mahomes is a choke artist, constantly making it to the final four every year he's been a starter, what does that say about the rest of the NFL? Because Tom Brady, I know he's got seven rings, but Tom Brady didn't make it to the final four this year. I know he and the Bucks completely destroyed the Chiefs, but what does that say about the rest of the NFL? I mean, is Tom Brady a choke artist also? I mean, that, that just sounds silly. Is, is Josh Allen a choke artist? Um, I don't know. Uh, I've never really understood that. I, and obviously the crowd that's saying that, I mean, these are people outside of Kansas City. Um, I think part of it, look, is jealousy that, hey, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. So, hey, let's take as much credit away from him as much as possible. And, and also say that he's overpaid. Meanwhile... Kyler Murray has yet to win a playoff game. He's oh, He just made it to a playoff game. Had a very poor showing against the Rams. And I know the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. But still, that doesn't give you the reason to just lay an egg and completely suck in a playoff game. So Kyler Murray's 0-1 and got himself a massive deal. Deshaun Watson, very, very, very similar contract And the guy has not played in more than a year. He's still under investigation. He's 1-2 in the playoffs. He's got a losing record in the playoffs. And he's gotten himself the most guaranteed money in NFL history. Derek Carr, who at one point signed a few years ago, signed the uh, biggest contract in NFL. It was him and Matthew Stafford the same year they both signed the biggest contracts in NFL history. I don't remember who was first, who was second. I think Carr was first and then Stafford uh, broke it a couple weeks later. Derek Carr's new deal is worth $121.5 million, but has yet to win a playoff game. Like Kyler Murray, he's 0-1. And by the way, he's been in the league a lot longer than Patrick Mahomes. And and I I constantly get Raiders fans telling me, oh, well, he's never had a good defense. Uh, Why didn't you give that defense to Mahomes? Cry me a river. Patrick Mahomes had a 31st-ranked defense the first year he was a starting quarterback, guess what he did? Rather than cry about his defense, he went out there and threw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards in what was essentially his redshirt rookie year, right? Because he only played one game his rookie season, and that was the last game of the regular season. Those three quarterbacks I just mentioned combined for a postseason record of 1-4, and four, And the guy who has the win, Deshaun Watson, hasn't played in more than a year. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, he's got a postseason record of 8-3. and But for whatever reason, some people out there want to drive this narrative that 8-3 and is somewhat of a choke artist postseason performance. Listen, if my quarterback 
has an 8-3 career postseason record. That's a damn good postseason record. This is Patrick Mahomes in his first five years in the NFL. Obviously, he didn't play in the playoffs in his first year. Alex Smith was the quarterback for that game against the Titans. I said earlier, the Chiefs have the most wins in the NFL since they drafted Mahomes. He's earned his deal. I don't think... Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray can say the same thing. And listen, I think Deshaun Watson is a very talented quarterback. I, I think if you swap Mahomes and, and Watson, uh, God forbid, uh, I think Watson would actually do better than Mahomes. I think Watson would do more under Andy Reid's offense. And Mahomes, I, I still think, would do a lot, but maybe just not the same amount in a different system. Kyler Murray, again, I think he's a great quarterback. And I was talking to Eddie Law, uh, my good friend Eddie Law. He's been on this podcast many times. We were chatting about this on Twitter because he's a huge Cardinals fan. Uh, I, I, I still don't know about Cliff Kingsbury over there. I don't know. I I don't know how much of his, of his connection to Mahomes is like a thing. Like, hey, you know, you coached a big-time quarterback. Could you maybe bring that system to, to Arizona? I, I don't know. And maybe I'm focused on that kind of thing too much because I did cover the Big 12 for a couple of years uh, while Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, excuse me, was in Texas, was at Texas Tech. The guy never had a winning record in the Big 12. We're talking about a conference where defensively there's nothing to talk about. There, there's hardly anything notable about defenses in the Big 12. And don't get me wrong, obviously Mahomes thrived in the Big 12. He didn't have a lot of success with the team overall. Um, But from a head coaching standpoint, to just give him the NFL job, to me is a head scratcher to me. I still think the jury's out on Cliff Kingsbury. Barely missed the playoffs the year before, made it to the playoffs this past year. Can they make that gradual improvement? If Kyler Murray can win a playoff game this year, okay, for now, critics like myself are going to have to shut it if Kyler Murray gets at least one playoff win. I, I don't think he's worth that deal. But if he can lead, if he can help this team improve again and give them that playoff win, yeah, I'd say you're off to a good start with that contract extension. By the way, there's a very, very, very interesting provision in Kyler Murray's uh, deal here. Actually, let me get to that in a moment. Um, before I forget, I, I want to make this point. Because the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, I get kind of upset when people say, oh, well, he's overpaid. Okay, what does that say about the rest of these contracts? I'm very curious to know what happens to Justin Herbert whenever, I think next year he's eligible or the year after. I'm curious to know what kind of a deal he's going to get. I'm curious to see what Lamar Jackson's going to get because all it's going to do in Kansas City's standpoint is confirm that the Chiefs were absolutely on target, on the dot, made the right move with that contract extension with Patrick Mahomes, which has already been restructured, by the way. Uh, But going back to the provision with uh, Kyler Murray, he is required to do four hours of independent study. This is a very interesting provision. This has never been in a player's contract before. There's some talk about this. Whether Kyler Murray, is there a question about his work ethic? Is there a question about his 
commitment to the team. I don't know. Listen, I remember leading up to the draft where Kyler Murray was taken uh, number one overall. There was a lot of talk as to whether or not he'd be in the NFL, whether he would pursue a baseball career rather than a football career. Listen, I like Kyler Murray. I said at the beginning of the part, uh, the, the segment here, but why would the Cardinals put that in his deal? Why would they do that? There's got to be a reason. Um, maybe one will never know, but I think the Cardinals said, look, we do have some questions about your work ethic, and if you really want this contract, we got to make sure you're committed. 100%, two feet in. No half-assing any of this shit. I don't know. Because when I thought of this, obviously a lot of people talked about, you know, additional homework, game film. The first thing I talked, I thought of was the whole Jamarcus Russell situation where he apparently was given blank DVDs and the assistant coach said, here, go study these and tell us what you learned. He comes back the next day and says, well, I learned a lot about blitz packages when obviously the, the, the DVDs were blank. And listen, I'm not insinuating that's what happened with Kyler Murray. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. I don't think that's really what went on here. But I think maybe... Bottom line, obviously the Raiders knew what they were doing when they gave Jamarcus Russell those tapes. They were testing him. I don't know if this is fair to call a test, but this is something that is... Very intriguing to me. I think it draws some questions about really how Arizona views Kyler Murray. Obviously, they're committed to him. They just gave him this deal, but they want to make sure he's going to reciprocate and return the favor at the end of the day. Because if he does, as I said earlier, if he can lead you to a playoff win, I mean, that contract is worth it. And maybe the Cardinals knew what they were doing when they said, hey, you got to do this four hours of independent study. But the only question I have is, how the hell do you track that? How do you make sure that is being enforced? That I don't know. That I don't know. Uh, listen, I want to talk real quickly about this Whit Merrifield thing. I did watch a press, con- not a press conference, but a media scrum he did. Uh, regarding his comments about the vaccine. Listen, I think he deserves criticism for the comment about how he said he would have uh, considered it if the team was in like playoff contention or if it was the postseason. Yeah, I think that that deserves criticism because you've got other teammates. Yeah, it's a shitty season. You're one of the worst teams in baseball, but you've still got your other teammates who are out there doing what they need to do. And here you are as a leader not doing what needs to be done um, to... To, to do it for the team, essentially. Yeah, the season may be over with, but uh, you're, you still got to go out there and give it 100%. Now, let me say this. Let's chill the fuck out just a bit, okay? Because all these questions, and, and I, I, I never saw the clip, but apparently, uh, according to people on Twitter, he got some booze. It wasn't resounding. It wasn't like a heavy amount of booze. But you could notice it, I guess, through the uh, if you watch it on TV. 
First of all, I, I, I didn't realize there were some Royals fans going to games. There's one fan uh, fan who took a sign that said, uh, keep Whit Merrifield, trade Sam McDowell uh, from the Kansas City Star. Listen, I know there's some criticism about, about the Kansas City Star. I think Sam McDowell is one of the better reporters out there. I, and listen, I don't read his work. I really don't. I just read what he tweets out there, what, the things he reports. Uh, he seems to always have a good grasp on things, whether it's the Royals, Sporting KC, the Chiefs. He always seems to have some good sources. He's he's out there um, tweeting news. Uh, listen, I know Brooke Pryor, who got a lot of criticism for her time in Kansas City. She never really broke news. If she ever tweeted any big stories, she always did it after everyone else, after Therese Paler or Adam uh, Adam Teicher or, or the national guys like Rappaport and Schefter. Um, she never was able to come up with any news of her own. Uh, which your heart, I mean, listen, I, whatever Brooke Pryor did for the star, and I don't want to be too critical. I know she took a lot of personal comments about her weight and stuff, which I, I think is uncalled for you, especially towards a woman. That's just never anything acceptable. Uh, and I don't know how anyone could consider themselves a, a man, uh, when you make those kinds of comments, especially through a computer or your phone, whatever. Um, but, but she just wasn't a good journalist. Uh, what she was doing I could easily do for Arrowhead Addict. The only difference is she's at the practices and the games and a blogger is not. So you got Sam McDowell out there actually going and getting stories and getting uh, good content to put out there on, on social media. And like I said, I don't read the star, so I just have to read whatever they tweet out there uh, because the star charges you daily or whatever, $99 a day. I'm not paying for that, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not something I'm interested in, but anyway, uh, I thought it was funny how the fan was trying to take a shot at Sam McDowell. Obviously, someone's a dedicated reader, but can we chill out with with the Whit Merrifield thing? He didn't kill anybody. He didn't commit a serious crime. He just was unvaccinated. Um, listen, I've got mixed opinions on the vaccine and the booster. Uh, a lot of people do. Uh, um, some are for it. Some are against it. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, but there are some people who are doing far worse things that deserve the level of energy we're giving to the Whitmere Field story. So let's just chill the fuck out just a bit. Oh, by the way, breaking news, it looks like the Yankees are getting Andrew Benatendi from the Royals for three minor league players. Royals have been really rocking up on these minor league players lately. So, look, I don't follow baseball very closely. Uh, maybe uh, you guys can be a better judge of this, but they're uh, they're stockpiling on these uh, minor league players, that's for sure. So, they're finalizing that deal, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. So, good on the Royals for that. Uh, UFC talk, real quickly. Patty Pimlet becoming a rising star. Uh, he had a huge finish, and right after the fight, he was on the mic and wanted to spread awareness about mental health uh, because someone close to him had uh, committed suicide, which is obviously a, a serious matter. Uh, good on him for for doing that. Good on him for uh, standing up and, and talking about this because I guess there, there's always been this preconceived notion that a man can't ever feel emotional or can't feel 
down in certain situations like this, and Patty was just shutting that down that notion. And I, I think that's listen, you can appreciate that from Patty Pimlet. Mental health is a serious issue, uh, not just in this country, but everywhere around the world. So uh, I, I always appreciate it when athletes use their platform to spread awareness about anything that they think people need to hear. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's about health. I don't care if it's about hobbies, whatever it is. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the notion of athletes sticking to sports and all is just stupid. I, I've gone over this before, so I'm not going to really uh, dive deep into that. But hey, good on Patty Pimlet, man. The only issue I took with Patty Pimlet, and I saw, who was it? I think it was... There was another fighter who criticized Pimlet for this. Right after he submitted his opponent, Jordan Lovett, um, he, he was doing the teabag gesture, which I think is stupid. Uh, I mean, you do the teabag gesture, and then uh, 60 seconds later, you go and you talk about mental health and how you know people should talk to someone and that there's always a way out. Uh, again, I, I appreciate the message. I really do. But after that, I don't know. I mean, listen, you, you win and lose uh, gracefully. I've always believed in that. Uh, I criticized Von Miller several years ago for doing a stupid hip thrust celebration after he sacked Alex Smith um, in a game a few years back. Tyree Kill did something similar in a touchdown once, and I thought it was dumb. Uh, he did that in a preseason game. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's any room for that kind of thing. Uh, I know his opponent just kind of looked at him for about two seconds and then laughed it off. I, I just f feel like he didn't want to create a scene because he had just lost, and that was something he was more upset about. But, yeah, I mean, come on. I, I, I think Paddy Pimlet certainly could have done without that stupid gesture. Um, but love the message that he sent out there, for sure. Uh, UFC 277 this weekend. Holy shit, this is a really good card. You got a really good set of prelims. But as far as the main card goes, Anthony Smith going to be fighting Magomed Ankaliev, I hope I said that correctly. Anthony Smith's been a guy who's been kind of on the top tier of the division. And I think this is someone, obviously he had a title match a couple of years ago. Uh, just had a really tough time against John Jones. But still someone out there who could be in title contention. Especially if he uh, picks up a win. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlich. I'm excited to see Derek Lewis back out there. I think the last time he fought, he got face planted by Tai Tuivasa, the Shuivasa. Uh, who, who, again, I think another guy that the UFC can really market around. I don't know what's going to be next in the heavyweight division. Heavyweight's been very quiet lately. Uh, I know there's all, all this buzz about John Jones and Stipe Miocic soon. Francis Ngannou, what's his next move going to be? I think Tai Tuivasa is around the corner. Derek Lewis not too far behind. I think he's got to string together a couple of wins, though, after that loss to Tuivasa. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. They're going to have a rematch. They trained together on the Ultimate Fighter in late 2019 during the prelims. Uh, they had a fight, uh, and Moreno won by decision. Uh, so these guys are very familiar with each other. They had a match at one point in 2019. They were... Uh, they lived in the, under the same house, the same roof, same house, trained together on the Ultimate Fighter. So these two know each other very, very well. They're going to be fighting for the interim belt. I'm going to go with Moreno in that one. I'm picking, by the way, Derek Lewis and Anthony Smith in those other fights. Uh, Moreno is a very talented ground fighter. He really is. 
when he got Davidson Figueredo to the ground in that second fight that they had, boy, I mean, he he immediately put Figueredo in a world of hurt and was able to win the title in the second round. Didn't do much of that in the fight uh, in the in the trilogy. Now, if he wins this, we're getting a fourth match. Uh, and that's what I'm wanting to see. It's what a lot of people want to see. So I'm going with Brandon Moreno in this one. Uh, listen, I was I was really concerned about the flyweight division when Demetrius Johnson was traded and when Henry Cejudo retired, which he he's coming back, but not to this division. Oh boy, uh, Brandon Moreno, uh, Divas and Figueroa. I mean, they've made this division very intriguing for sure. So I'm glad to see that for sure. And then the main event, this one is huge. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. Boy, uh, listen, I'm going with Amanda Nunes. She's got she's gonna avenge that loss. I I, I feel like coming. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's gonna be by decision. She's gonna have to win by TKO. But uh, don't count out Juliana Pena. I mean, she's tough. I still remember when the fight, the first fight that was supposed to happen, got called off. Juliana was very upset. She even uh, crashed a, a press conference just to ask Dana White a couple questions to ensure that she's for sure gonna get that next. Uh, title shot. Uh, I mean, she 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 was definitely uh, she 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 was a go getter, and she really proved that she wanted it and proved that she was going to make it happen, and she did. Good on her. I think this is an opportunity for Amanda Nunes to right the wrong. I, I, here's my concern with Amanda. I mean, she was all about American Top Team. I remember even after one of her uh, title match wins, she called out, uh, not called out, but she uh, was. Um, Getting uh, Dan Lambert's attention, who runs ATT in in, uh, in Florida, I believe Coconut Creek, Florida, and she said, "Hey, we're we're together forever." Amanda Nunes has always, always, always praised her coaching staff, and then suddenly she loses one fight. I mean, she's lost before, but it's been a long time. She loses this fight to Juliana Pena. She leaves the gym, changes her coaching staff, opens her own gym during a very interesting time with this pandemic and the economy and whatnot. I don't know. Um, I do have a little I do have some concern from Amanda Nunes, but if anyone can avenge a loss like the one she had, I think Amanda Nunes can do it. She's not gonna pull a Ronda Rousey and hide from the world. Uh, and, and waited a whole 15 months. No, I mean, obviously she uh, went out there, recorded the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, came back and was ready to go. So I'm excited to see Amanda Nunes uh, and Juliana Pena. I think Nunes is going to win the rematch for sure. UFC 280, holy shit, this card is stacked. Charles Oliveira and Islam Makhachev, that's going to be really good. Benil Daryush and Matsuez Gamrot, I believe is how you say it, that's going to be real good. Belil Muhammad and Sean Brady, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight title. Holy shit. We haven't seen TJ Dillashaw fight for the belt in a long time. Obviously, was stripped of the belt for uh, taking a banned substance. Piotr Jan and Sean O'Malley, I mean, that's going to be a good one. Amanda Limos, she just recently came away with a big win. Uh, she's going to be fighting Mariana Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez, I should say. This is a damn good card. Uh, and it's going to be in Abu Dhabi, so it's not going to be in the U.S., unfortunately. But I am already looking forward to this one. That is going to be a big one. And 
But I'm telling you, Olivero versus Makhachev, Benil Dariush, and Gamrat, I mean, those two are going to be wild. It's going to be a really good night for the uh, lightweight division, that's for sure. Uh, real quickly, I know the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series came back. This is obviously a, a show where it's almost like the Ultimate Fighter, but it's only one night of fights. Um, and then they, they bring some guys back for another opportunity, but... This guy, William Souza, missed weight by 10 pounds. You're fighting in a small promotion. You get a call from the UFC to fight on the Contender Series, and you miss weight by 10 pounds. I mean, this cannot impress the UFC one bit. Obviously, they canceled the fight, which sucks for his opponent. But how is it that you have this golden opportunity to go to the UFC and you blow it by missing weight not by one pound, not by two pounds, not by three pounds, but by ten freaking pounds. How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know. I mean, Justin Gaethje said it best. Everyone has a scale at home. Every single fighter has a scale at home. They should be weighing themselves every day, likely multiple times a day. And they should know where their weight is at at all times. I, I just don't know how people miss weight, especially by this wide of a margin. Ten It's a whole other weight class. I, I mean, unless he was told he was fighting in a different weight class, I don't know. And by the way, he had the nerve to flex at the media after weighing 10 pounds over. What a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, but... You don't you don't do that. You don't miss weight and disrespect your opponent and the promotion, the event, the sport. Miss weight by 10 pounds and then flex to the media like you're some badass. No. Get out of here with that bullshit. I'll tell you who gets it, by the way. Bo Jackson. Former Kansas City Royal. Uh, two athlete all-star. Bo Jackson. Uh, it was recently revealed he was one of the anonymous donors who helped pay... For the funerals of the 19 kids and the two teachers who were killed in the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Bo Jackson gets it, people. And we need more athletes and celebrities like Bo Jackson. You know what? Let me say something. Because obviously what happened in Uvalde, um, and unfortunately we've, we've had several more of these be shortly before that and, and even after that. Um, obviously these things are terrible. No one's saying otherwise. You know what? During dark, dark, dark moments like this, it kind of helps to see a light moment where you see a very notable name, a popular name, who does something to try to at least build some sort of faith in humanity. And I want to be very clear about this. Obviously, what, what happened was terrible. I'm not saying, you know, this is a silver... I, I don't like to use the term silver lining for something like this because we lost 19 kids and two teachers. Um, there's nothing positive about this. You'd rather not see Bo Jackson pay for these funerals because ultimately, hopefully that would mean these shootings did not happen in the first place. Uh, my point is when we have dark moments like this, when we have politicians who are fighting and not doing anything to solve this, I mean, they've had an entire summer to do something about this and they're not school's going to be resuming real soon. But at least we can see some kind of positivity come out of this. Our faith in humanity can be restored at least a little bit, right? So, 
I mean, listen, you got the Texas governor who did he attend any of the funerals or pay for any of the funerals? Apparently, he never attended any of the funerals. So, who's to believe that he even bothered paying for the, any of the funerals? Uh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. You guys sat on that one. Uh, let's end on a bit of a light note. Uh, boy, I, I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are as well. They just announced all of Phase 5. And not only did they announce Phase 5, they said, here you go. We're going to announce a little bit of Phase 6. Guess what they announced? Not one, but two Avengers movies in 2025. And obviously, I mean, some people are shocked. Some are not. I'm not. I know after uh, Avengers 5, Avengers Endgame, or wait, what was the, it was the Avengers, no, sorry, Avengers 4, I meant to say, the fourth uh, Avengers uh, was Endgame. Uh, I guess uh, the Russo brothers came out and said, this is going to be the last one, but I don't think they ever said this was the last Avengers movie, I think this was meant to say this was the last one, a culmination for the Infinity Saga. Now, we don't really know what saga we're in right now with Phase 4. Obviously, they just announced Phase 5, and I'm very excited. We've got the Fantastic Four coming. We've got uh, Blade. Uh, very excited about all of that. She-Hulk, uh, the Marvels. I mean, so many exciting projects coming up. But two Avengers movies, one of them is the Kong Dynasty, and the other one is The Secret Wars. Uh, obviously, that's so far away. It's three and a half years away. But everyone's still stoked about it uh, because they're Avengers films. Uh, I did see the Black Panther teaser. Man, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I wasn't one of the... I know a lot of people say they teared up for Kobe Bryant. I didn't. But if there was anyone who I teared up for when I learned about their passing, it was Chadwick Boseman, man. Black Panther is the reason I got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I had seen Ant-Man because Paul Rudd's from Kansas City. I did want to see that. And I saw Gardens of the Galaxy and I, I really love those movies. I'm a big fan of Chris Pratt and um, Dave Bautista. I was a big fan of his when he was at WWE back when I was watching it. I know he's made sporadic uh, returns here and there. Uh, as well as Michael Rooker, who was fantastic on The Walking Dead. But um, I, I, I never watched Marvel Cinematic Universe in order to begin with. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And then Ant-Man. And then I watched Black Panther. And as soon as I watched Black Panther, that got me hooked into the into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. To the point where I started watching in order. Um, thankfully, watching those four movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Ant-Man and, and Black Panther, did not ruin the Infinity Saga timeline. Uh, but watching them in order now, the story makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, but man, Black Panther without Chad McBoseman, the second Black Panther that is, boy, um, I'm a little nervous about that one. And I got a little teary out a little bit seeing that trailer because and they even showed Chad McBoseman's face at one point. I'm curious to know how they're going to uh, implement his death into the into the movie because they did say they're not going to recast the character. So obviously, I mean, they, they're going to do something to... Talk about the death of T'Challa, which is the uh, character Chadwick Boseman played. So, 
Very curious how that's going to go, but I'm very excited. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they just hit a home run with the third Spider-Man movie, uh, No Way Home. Uh, Doctor Strange, the second Doctor Strange was fucking a top five Marvel movie of all time. I've yet to see Thor Love and Thunder. I've only heard good things about it, so I'm going to see it very soon. Uh, The Eternals... Black Widow wasn't too big of a fan of those movies. Maybe I'll give them another second chance. I actually want, would love to rewatch all of them. At some point, I mean, I got to do it soon because once football season starts, it's going to be impossible to do. But I would love to do two things. One, watch the MCU in order all the way up to what they have now. Obviously going to be rewatching a lot of those movies. And I also want to rewatch the Star Wars movies in order of release date, uh, including... Um, Including uh, the Mandalorian. Forgot the name for a moment. So I got to do that real soon before football season. Because once football season starts, I mean, I, I'm just there's no way. There's no way I'm gonna have time for that. Because I'm I'm dedicating my entire Thursday, Sunday, and Monday to just the, the NFL. I, I'm not a big college guy, so I don't. Saturday, I suppose I could do it, but it, it would take a, a couple Saturdays for sure. Um, but hey, man, I'm very excited to see uh, all these uh, Marvel movies and the the announcements they made. Holy shit! They, I mean, Phase Six. They they gave you a couple of movies from Phase Six when Phase Five hasn't even started yet. So uh, the, the, it's like Christmas came early. So very excited for that. All right, uh, real quickly before we sign off, I did talk about the content for the upcoming season. Um, obviously, like we did during the Chiefs games, I did live Facebook live streams. This is, this is just for the Facebook page to be clear. Facebook.com slash Farzim Sugian. I did do a live stream at halftime and after every single chiefs game. I'm going to try my best. No guarantees on this. Cause I got a lot of things I, I'm, I'm running around doing before games, especially if it's a noon kickoff game. I don't ever watch these pregame shows, but I'm going to try to do a pregame live stream as well. Now, if the chiefs are playing like a three twenty five game, yeah, it might be too uh, too attached to the TV watching the other uh, pregames. But I'm going to try to do some uh, Chiefs uh, pregame live streams, uh, especially if, if it's a noon kickoff or a primetime game. That'll certainly be easy and doable for sure. There will be more live content as well. I'll definitely do some live chatter uh, before, uh, before a week begins. Maybe even some chime in during a primetime game when the Chiefs are not involved. Just talk for a little bit, do some of that. Uh, definitely do some spreads as well. Talk about that as well. Cause I know fans are, uh, football fans love that kind of thing. They're really into that. So we'll do some of that as well. So, uh, you guys asked for more live content. So you guys will get more live content. I appreciate the feedback uh, that you guys gave for that. Uh, I definitely do want to know what you guys, uh, wanted more of. Uh, and, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's make that happen for sure. So that'll be coming up, uh, for the upcoming football season. And obviously, you know, uh, with training camp and the preseason coming up quickly, we'll do some live streams as well to talk to kind of get all of that going. So that way, because we got a lot of new followers on the page, which again, you guys are awesome. Thank you. For those of you who are new, I appreciate all the uh, downloads and the new uh, followership we got here. Uh, Definitely should probably still do some of those live streams before the preseason games because some of the newer followers, a lot of the newer followers can at least be familiar with the uh, content before we do it for the uh, games uh, in the regular season. Before we, before we do it for real, as I say. All right. Uh, note, Thursday, if you guys are listening to this on time, 
Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Time, Nehemiah Clark, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, Nehemiah Clark from MTV's The Real World Austin and from MTV's The Challenge is going to be joining me to talk about his time on MTV, his move to Kansas City, and uh, some other uh, parts about Nehemiah's life that he hasn't shared uh, before publicly uh, before, at least not too much. So we'll talk about all of that with Nehemiah Clark. Very excited for that. That will be live on my Facebook page tomorrow at 6 p.m. If you guys miss it, we will put it on the podcast shortly afterwards. So we're going to have multiple podcasts within a 24-hour time span. So there you go. Uh, some more more content. There you go. You got this podcast. didn't go too, too long. And we're going to do a podcast with Nehemiah Thursday evening at 6 p.m. live on the Facebook page. And it will be available archived on the podcast for you guys to listen to if you miss it. Hey, big thanks to all of you guys for downloading this episode of the podcast. I'm Farzim Vesugian, facebook.com slash Farzim Vesugian. I've said it multiple times, but worth saying it one more time. Appreciate everyone, all the new followers, and everyone who is inviting their friends. Please, please keep inviting your friends. Let's keep it growing on the page. Keep the page going high. Much thanks to all of you who have been doing that. At Farzim21 on Twitter. If you guys haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast and share the links with your friends on social media. All right, I'm out of here. You'll hear me. You'll hear from me again very soon when we do a podcast with Nehemiah Clark. Until then, take care. Talk to you soon.